calling the dogs with Chancy and Chi, and uh, I'm just going to go ahead and apologize, Chi, because this is the second time that we're having to do this, <laughs> because uh, I live in the boonies, and the internet is awful, so yeah. um, we've already done this once, and um, <laughs> just due to my connection being so awful, uh, we're, got, we're having to give this another shot, so um, this one's just going to be bigger and better than ever. Well, you know, the funny thing is, we just didn't exactly prepare like we should, I guess, going into yesterday. So it's good that we get a little, a little, you know, redo, an, an audible on it, uh, but we also, or a uh, mulligan, rather, uh, but we also probably didn't do any more <laughs> researching today than we did yesterday, so... Uh, let's just uh, let's just see how it goes, but we're uh, we've got plenty to talk about today, no doubt about it. But it has been a has been a minute since we've uh, since we've gotten together. Uh, life has obviously been uh, a little different, uh, just w- with everything that's going on. We're uh, obviously still in the middle of all this coronavirus stuff as we're recording this on June second. Uh, country's going through uh, so much right now. Um, we've we talked about this last night when we did this the, the first time. Uh, just a lot going on in our country, and uh, we're not going to sit here and talk about that too much today. But uh, we want everyone to be safe, and we want uh, everyone to kind of go about this the right way. A lot of people are hurting, and a lot of people are, are suffering right now. And um, as uh, two God-fearing men, we uh, we... We're, we're we're praying for everybody that's that, that's struggling now and and uh, and and go, just going through a hard time. Um, a lot of stuffs a lot of stuffs happening all at one time, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's just it's a lot to deal with. It's really yeah. a lot to deal with. So we're hoping that this can be a maybe a little reprieve from from all that because it, it is for us. It is for us. Yeah, I agree, man. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, just everybody be praying for our country. Uh, praying for. Uh, our leaders and our people and uh you know for wounds to heal and um you know us to move forward together uh, with uh you know just a lot of unity and i um yeah i mean i, I agree i think you know at this point you know we're just seeing a lot of these repercussions across the country and a lot of people are upset and uh and you know, it, you know a lot of them have the right to be so and uh you know we're here to obviously you know we want to, like you said, be a, be a bit of a reprieve, uh, and you know, be able to, you know, y'all enjoy some Georgia football talk here for a little bit. But we didn't want to not mention that uh, because it is something that is going on in our country, and uh, you know, we're just praying for everybody, and uh, you know, love your neighbor is what we talked about last night. So um, everybody, love your neighbor. But um, jumping into it a little bit, Chancy, uh, it has been <laughs> a little over a month since we recorded. Uh, so we have yet to actually talk about our post NFL draft analysis, <clears throat> and so I would say we could start there. Yeah, it, so it uh, one of the only sports things that has happened uh, since a, cu- a couple sports things are all starting starting to happen all at once. But NFL draft was really the first sports thing. It was kind of funny to see everybody respond to. Everybody just kind of latch on to it was it was sports. <laughs> it was the first like live sports thing. And, I've never uh, watched NFL draft that much like for that long. <laughs> oh my god, absolutely. And uh, and I will say, and I know I gave him a hard time, and I didn't talk about this last night, but I gave him a hard time. Uh, like oh, I was going to be a disaster, and there were some funny parts, and the whole like Roger Adele like talking crap to. A bunch of pre-recorded people yeah. booing him. <laughs> like I, I guess yeah. I'm thinking about that till right now. And he would that, like wave his arms up and down. I can't believe we didn't talk about that last night. But uh, yeah, he would just be like, "Come on, give it to me." <laughs> yeah, it's like I can't, I can't hear you, New England, and all this yeah, kind of stuff. Goes. And uh, anyway, but they, I thought, I thought it went really well. ESPN did, did. I thought they did a great job with it. It was, it was, it was fun to watch. And uh, obviously, they just redid all of those intro or those like stories that they would play on game day and and all that kind of stuff and but it, it, it was it was really good uh but in terms of the dogs uh if you if you had to give us grade you know what 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 were your what were your thoughts on our our draft performance if you will what if i changed it from whenever we first recorded this <laughs> nobody uh, would know so they wouldn't care yeah that's a good point that's a good point uh no i'm, I'm gonna stick with what i said last night i thought b plus was 
was pretty good. We had seven overall guys go. Um, it was kind of top-heavy, and then there was not – we only had one second-rounder, I think, and then I believe – yeah, so we didn't even have a third-rounder, which normally – that's when you see a lot more uh, of our guys go off the board. Um, but we kind of – it was kind of more or less kind of more book-ended, uh, top-heavy, you know, with the first uh, two first-rounders. Should have been three, could have been three. Um, talked about it last night, but DeAndre Swift going in the uh, first pick, or excuse me, he wasn't even the first pick of the second round, was he? No, mm-hmm. he was. Yeah, he was the third pick, third pick of the second round. Um, and Edward Solaire uh, being the first uh, pick, or excuse me, the first running back off the board. I really thought that like the Chiefs made a pretty good decision there. I mean, I think he fits their scheme really well. Of course, I think DeAndre Swift was the best. A pure running back, uh, but at the same time, I think Edwards Lair is going to be a monster there. Uh, what were your kind of t- your takes from the uh, first first guys off the board for us? Well, uh, I thought that I mean everybody was obviously talking about Andrew Thomas and him being the the first the fourth overall pick, which was just phenomenal. Uh, just mm-hmm. super super pumped. I, I just remember I was at, at home. And uh, and just audibly yelled <laughs> when he got taken off the board, the pumped, because uh, I mean, it was like we scored a touchdown. <laughs> I know exactly. I mean that's what it felt like, and and uh, he was he was high early, and like early on, everybody kind of had him pretty high, and then he started to fall a little bit. I felt pretty confident he was still going to go in the top ten for sure, um, and, and uh, but seeing him go four was was awesome, and then Isaiah. Uh, Going in the first round, uh, I, I could have seen him falling second, but I was super pumped when when he when he was taken. Uh, that was that got me pretty pretty jazzed um, for, well, for sure. I, I think the big thing about Andrew Thomas going first was that there was a group of like four uh, offensive tackles that were elite, and everybody. I mean, I swear everything I saw the uh, there was that kid from Iowa, there was a kid from Alabama. And then there was one more kid from uh, Louisville, and so everybody, literally, like everything I saw was saying one of those other three guys was the top guy. Nobody I saw had Andrew Thomas going being the first offensive tackle off the board. And to me, it's, that just tells me all these pundits that talk, NFL analysts, whatever, Sports Illustrated guys, wherever they're from, like they really don't know much. I mean, they they only know secondary information from what GMs actually tell them. Uh, but until you actually see it unfold in front of you, uh, you don't really really know that Andrew Thomas is actually the, a, a badass and he's better than all those guys. <laughs> well, he probably interviewed really well too. I feel like he's a guy yeah. that would would mm-hmm. interview phenomenally well. And so, I, I, especially when you're only you're really only looking at film, and then you get the combine, you don't get anything else uh, in, in the time that we're in. Uh, that interview is huge uh, for for what they've. Uh, for, for making that pick. Um, but for the most part, like I say, that, I, I was pumped for that. I felt the same way about uh, Swift. I, I, I would have loved seeing him in Kansas City, but uh, I think it's I think Detroit's a good a good spot. Hopefully a team that's, I'd say, maybe getting better, but they're usually they're, – they're always <laughs> – God, <laughs> poor, poor Detroit. <laughs> but I mean, uh, they, they haven't been good since Barry Sanders has been there. But uh, and now, I mean, it's cool that he's up there with Matthew Stafford, Isaac Nalda, you know, a couple of dogs on that team. And we talked about it last night. He's in a, he's in a backfield, all SEC backfield. Uh, you got um, – uh, what's his name? Carryon Johnson. Carryon uh, Johnson from Auburn, and then also uh, Bo Scarborough from Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta <laughs> Alabama. Where am I right now? <laughs> anyway, yeah. So yeah, all SEC backfield. But uh, then we had the next guy to go with Solomon Kenley to the Dolphins, uh, and was was excited to see that. And uh, I mean, felt like that was probably where he would he would go. I mean, that was I felt like that was. That he's pretty much in his range, um, so I, felt- I think I talked about him potentially being a uh, as high as like a second rounder, maybe third. Uh, but I thought that I mean I agree. I think that was kind of right where he he would go or potentially go. And then uh, next off the board was the one that everyone was waiting for, and uh, that was Jake, obviously. And uh, Jake went to the Bills. Uh, Everybody kind of had him all over the place anyway. Uh, he just 
he just had such a bad pro day or a combine day. Um, he, he interviewed, obviously it wouldn't surprise me if there was no one else in the, that interviewed as well as he did in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, football IQ just off the charts, basically all those buzzwords. He, he fits <clears throat> all those buzzwords in the, right. in, in the, in the interview room. Um, but when it came to combine, couldn't really done much worse uh, for, for, what what happened uh a pro day really would have helped him and just another chance to to show what he can do because he's obviously better than that but um mm-hmm. going behind behind going to play behind a guy like josh allen uh josh allen plays pretty pretty reckless sometimes a guy gets beat up pretty good so yeah. um i mean jake jake may have a shot to shot to play at some point but um you know obviously never want to got to get hurt but uh they'll I think they got a, I think they got a good one with Jake. Jake's gonna Jake Jake's one of those guys that'll hang around the NFL for a long time. May not play yeah. much, but he'll he'll be around. He'll make he'll make plenty of money. He's uh he's gonna be a guy that, you know, people will keep on their staff just because he's so good at understanding an offense and being gonna being able to help, even if he's not the starter, you know, being able to help the starter, um, you know, in that capacity. Uh he's um you know, he's got a chance to play a little bit. I, I mean, Josh Allen's pretty much got that spot locked down, but he's not a – I don't want to say he's got, got it locked down. I mean, he's not a Lamar Jackson. He's not a Patrick Mahomes. You know, he's certainly not a you know Aaron Rodgers or whatever, but he is a pretty capable – he's got a hell of an arm. He's got a cannon. But he's – like you said, he's reckless. He, he runs into tackles a lot, uh, but he also – and he also throws pretty good bit of picks. So – but they like him up there, so I don't know if it's going to be much of a competition. But, I mean, if uh, Fromm throws like he did it in the combine, then, well, they won't have to worry about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it couldn't have looked much worse. Uh, Charlie Werner was another guy that you kind of made a comment on, like, big surprise on that. I mean, what were your thoughts on Werner going to the 49ers in the sixth round? Well, we, we both – Took a pretty big crap on him whenever we uh, when we had our NFL draft preview. Um, I mean, Warner just did like he just didn't do a ton. I mean, he was he was a blocking tight end, and just was never a, huge... a sing- single touchdown in his career. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, which just is one, which is which is nuts. Which which says a lot of things when we we may go down right. that route. But um, right. super pumped for him uh, going down and play, or going over out west playing with uh, with Kittle. And uh, so getting to see some good some good tight end play out uh, out there, uh, so I'm I'm excited for him. I'm pumped. I, I was not expecting that. As as I yelled for Andrew Thomas, whenever Charlie Charlie got picked, I was like, I literally I think I said, "Whoa!" <laughs> like I was just like, "Werner." <laughs> I was Did that not, just happen? I was not ready for that, but that I was pumped, man. I was pumped for him. The uh... Biggest surprise, I mean, maybe besides Jake Fromm uh, falling so far and then, you know, maybe after Andrew Thomas going top five, Tay Crowder got drafted. I swear we, like, spoke that into existence. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's all because of us. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. He got Mr. Irrelevant, which, you know, who cares? He got drafted, man. That's better than, uh, you know, signing a, an agreement afterwards, man. He got freaking drafted. He can say that for the rest of his life. So, so excited for him. Well, and, and, and like we talked about uh, in the preview, the guy's just a damn good dog and, and, and works hard and and basically taught himself how to be great at that position and, and, and really, really to me, just did a phenomenal phenomenal job while he was a dog. He'll, he'll work hard. I think he's going to earn that spot. He, he's one of those guys, too, that I think he can hang around for a while. Just yeah. um, that he – I I feel good about him. I, I I was I was all kinds of giddy when that happened. Me too, man. And I I know this. I mean, we're beating a dead horse here, but you know, in a world where you know transfers and people being upset about not having playing time, and you know, early on, you know, happens more and more frequently every year. We need more guys like a Tay Crowder who says, "Okay, I came in, and you know." This was my position. I worked hard. I had to redshirt. I haven't got much playing time. I worked my tail off, and then I was a starter, uh, you know, my senior year or fifth year, senior year. And I think he was 
top five on the team in tackles. Uh, he was he was up there pretty high and just yeah. I mean, I just I just respect it so much. You don't have that any like literally like we may not see that ever again like on our team because of the level that we are recruiting at. You know, there's just not going to be guys that sit around for you know four years before they get their chance. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, notably, we had. I think everybody else that was up for the draft also signed a, uh, an agreement. One of the big ones that um, I don't have a list in front of me, but one of the big ones that I remember <clears throat> was uh, J.R. Reed. I think a lot of people thought that he may go, you know, kind of later in the uh, sixth or seventh round or something like that. Um, but he, uh, he didn't get drafted. He signed a deal with the Jaguars. So I'm excited to see what he does down there. Was there, was there another one that, that kind of we were looking at and thought was pretty interesting? Well, Brian Marion Marion went to the Browns, um, mm-hmm. and so we were pumped about that. Another guy, just a damn good dog, going to go uh, have a chance to go play with uh, with with Chubb. He's got uh, Chubb and Kareem Hunt are already there, uh, but having a good chance to to show off to them and and make a practice squad, something like that. He'll he'll be around. Um, he but, can definitely be a special teams guy. Yeah, I I, I wholeheartedly believe that. So, um, and obviously, uh, you got old, old Rodrigo uh, went to the Colts, uh, backing up uh, the past, or trying to fill in the shoes of uh, old Adam Vinatieri. Uh, Isn't that crazy? That's that's wild. Golly. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure Adam Vinatieri was 63 years old. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so pump pump for that. And, um, and and we had a lot of guys that 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 signed an undrafted uh, as an undrafted free agent. So just just pump for those guys. Really, any of those guys, I, I felt like could have been, or a, a few of those guys could have been drafted. Uh, but to, to me, this kind of played out. I kind of feel the same way you do. I I, I feel like we um, probably we we definitely were over probably overperformed in, in my eyes with a couple of the surprises up top, um, and and uh, just a few surprises across the board. I think a guy like Tay. Um, Getting drafted is awesome. So, um, like I said, we had was it seven guys? That's that's pretty pretty awesome. So uh, yeah, pretty, I agree. Pretty, pretty stoked about that. What I think, a uh, couple of my thoughts, real quick. One, uh, what I think we're about to see here in the near future, especially under you know the regime of uh, Kirby Smart, he is recruiting at such a high level in the defensive backfield. We're about to see. I mean, Georgia's never been known for putting out a lot of safeties and cornerbacks. I mean, DeAndre Baker was, I think, the like last cornerback that we had uh, uh, drafted since Sanders Cummings, maybe. I mean, it was – and we, we just don't have – I mean, Brandon Boykin was pretty good. Uh, uh, Tim Jennings, you know, guys like that. Asher Allen. Uh, but nobody was elite. But we're about to see, you know, guys like – Richard LeCount as a safety is going to get drafted pretty high uh, next year. I, I totally believe that if he has a good year. And like guys like Tyson Campbell are going to be coming up. You know, Stokes might get drafted if he has a really good year. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. Cornerbacks are becoming – now it's it's like, okay, quarterbacks, offensive tackles, and cornerbacks are the three. You know, those are the three positions that you look for uh, more often than anything. And, you know, probably defensive tackles too in the NFL. So, um, And then also – I don't know if you saw this. I forgot to mention this. I well, no, I, I sent it out over a group text, but a uh, old boy from uh, John Millage got drafted, and they showed they showed highlights from John Millage football, my the old alma mater, on on ESPN. I've got a recording of it, so I just thought that was funny. Just Congrats. a bunch of Congrats, yeah, just, <laughs> <laughs> bunch of terrible football, but uh, no, we you know anyway. Just thought that was funny. Uh, just wanted to mention that. Uh, Chancy, what's uh, what's your thoughts on the DeAndre Baker situation? Uh, I plead the fifth. I don't know if that applies here. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, um, it, 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 it might, might. applies to you. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so DeAndre Baker uh, found himself in uh, quite a pickle, um, charged with uh, robbery and battery, and uh, amongst a, a few other things. Um, and it's a very just strange situation. Apparently, it was a kind of a little gambling deal gone awry, and uh, it was it was said later, a couple of days later, his lawyer said that he was playing Madden 
and uh, and so that was involved. Basic, basic. It's all over the place. Like the yeah, no, nothing's coming out. It sounds like he was really on the on the bad end of a, or he was on, on just wrong place, wrong time kind of deal. Um, but I don't know, man. It's 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 kind of weird. Uh, well, exactly what you just said. I mean, you know, he they were they were uh, basically claiming that he held everybody there at gunpoint, robbed them, instructed someone to shoot somebody. I mean, all that stuff, like, sounds really terrible. But then also, you know, now they're claiming he was playing Madden in a different room and also gambling on the Madden game, which is an entirely different thing. But uh, it sounds to me like it was actually more of a situation where, you know, gambling like that, hosting illegal gambling is, you know, obviously against the law. So uh, you can't really do anything if you lose except for <laughs> you know ch- try to you know get somebody arrested <laughs> in a situation like that and uh obviously claim that they were you know holding you at gunpoint and stuff like that so if you lose like you know if they're playing poker or whatever and deandre or uh you know dice or whatever and deandre won uh you know that's the only way that they can get back at him so that's that's kind of what i think is a chance that may have happened right, i don't know second. what the uh, you know what kind of people were at this party, but it didn't sound like a good group that uh, to be around for the guy. So needs to probably find some better friends. Is my opinion. Yeah, needless to say, there's just there, there's a lot that's unfolding with this thing. So as we learn stuff, we will let you know because right now we don't know much of anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's move on to stuff we do know about, and which is Kirby Smart is good at recruiting. <laughs> Real good. Real good. No matter pandemic, no matter nothing. So, uh, recruiter extraordinaire, please give us our recruiting update. You don't want to just tell the people what I said last night. <laughs> you, just, you, did it. you did it. You did it so beautifully that I wasn't going to steal your thunder. Well, the beautiful thing about recruiting is Kirby's the man. <laughs> uh, we got. Let's see. I guess this is all within the past week. We and you can throw JT Daniels into this whole situation too. Uh, I guess he's more or less a, he, I mean, his, his Instagram post, whenever he uh, decided he was going to be the dog, uh, he, it literally said committed on it. So uh, I guess he committed to the dogs, but we'll get to him in a little bit. We had a couple guys um, that are in the 2021 class. Uh, uh, excuse me. I think he's actually a middle linebacker, Chaz Chambliss. Um, He's 6'3", 243. He's a big dude. I appreciate that. Uh, he seems to be more of a run stuffer. I'm not huge on him because I'm scared. Like, he, he seems like he might be kind of more of a Nate McBride kind of guy, like a just a filler in the class. Um, but I do hope, I mean, I hope that he can, uh, you know, just like all these guys, I mean, I hope they can get playing time. And we'll see. Maybe I'm just completely wrong about him. But he's from Carrollton. Uh, he's a solid player. Then we also got a offensive guard, excuse me, from uh, Dylan Fair, Dylan Fairchild from West Forsyth uh, High School. He's 6'5", 295. Um, I think right now we're in a trend where Matt Luke, I mean, give the guy all the credit in the world. He is picking up where Sam Pittman left off, and we have not missed a beat, which is incredible because Sam Pittman was – he recruited better offensive line than we've never than we've ever seen at the University of Georgia. Uh, so – <clears throat> I'm excited about Dylan Fairchild. I think he's going to be, you know, one of the anchors uh, on this uh, class for the offensive lineman. But then we're also looking at if we can get Amarius Mims and Terrence Ferguson out of uh, Blakely County and uh, Peach County, uh, respectively, uh, then we're done. I mean, those. I mean, we had we've already got Micah Morris, and I think there might be one other guy. Um, so I'm excited to see, you know, how this class is going to end up offensive lineman wise. And then, uh, also, quick note on Dylan Fairchild. Um, guy is a state champion, uh, 7A GHSA state champion wrestler. He has a 47 and 0 record. Good and Lord. I, I don't know if that was just last year or if that's his whole career, but like it we said, last, it doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't matter. So that's, that's impressive. And I think they're looking for more of that really athletic, but still built, uh, kind of, uh, lineman, especially on the interior, uh, lineman spots. We also got a 2022 commit, uh, Marquise Groves Killebrew, who is a transfer. He transferred from Grayson to Brookwood, but regardless, we finally got a Gwinnett County 
uh, recruit, which is the first one in a while. I mean, it's just incredible how that, for whatever reason, that county, everybody either goes to Clemson or Auburn or Florida or Alabama. Everybody just leaves the state from that county. So we got, I mean, that's a big win if we can kind of get a little bit of a Brookwood pipeline. I mean, we've had guys from Brookwood since since Rennie Curran, but not many. <laughs> Rennie Curran is only the first one that comes to mind. So, um, And then also, let's see, it's just kind of been one of those situations to where I just want to make a note. It's like these kids can't have in-person meetings at home. They can't come to campus. They can't, uh, you know, be hosted in any kind of recruiting event right now. This is just a different time in recruiting, and I have so much respect, and I have so much trust in. I mean, I feel like because of our staff, we have an advantage, which I, I'm excited about. And I we kind of can get into that a little bit here uh, in a little bit, but, um, you know, for just like you know, day-to-day operations over the summer. But during, like, for as for recruiting, we have an advantage, and I totally I trust Kirby and his entire staff. They're just so good at what they do, um, and they're going to find a way to do it in a digital atmosphere, which is crazy to think. So it's just been really interesting. Um, Chance, I'm uh, that's pretty much all I've got as far as the recruiting goes. I think we're going to see there might be a tight end uh, coming up here soon. Uh, we might see a guy commit from from Florida. Uh, so not without you know <clears throat> ruining anything. Uh, I'm excited about the future. I think we're going to end up having a really good class this year. Per usual. Yeah. Uh, per, per, per the Kirby era. Uh, that's one thing that you would think kind of uh, during this time is that uh, not have, not being able to do in person would kind of benefit the, the folks that don't have the fancy uh, facilities, don't have the, right. the flashy stuff, but – uh, as we all know, uh, Kirby doesn't need flashy to to, to, to get who he wants. Um, so pumped pumped about that. So mm-hmm. uh, speaking of which, uh, people are we are going to have student athletes coming back to campus. Uh, they're um, going to start making their pilgrimage uh, within the week. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I think a lot of them are on the way. Yeah, so they're they're heading back up. Uh, looks like. June 8th, I guess, is when they're they're going to be allowed back, but we're going to be having to get some testing done, and uh, they're 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 going to be on a super strict. I mean, it, basically everything they're going to be doing is going to be in a controlled environment. Um, they're the way they're working out; they can only have so many workouts. Um, it's everything they're doing is and so mapped many out. people per right. group and stuff like that yeah right so they're going to be all kinds of broken up distance throughout the facilities um so it's it's happening they're, they're going back to campus uh and, <laughs> it's, and happening. So, <laughs> it's happening uh and, and like we've said before <laughs> the sec is not gonna let football just not happen no <laughs> there's no no way that that's going to happen a for my sanity mm-hmm. just for my personal safety <laughs> so. but then also just the fact that it's a you, you can feel however you want to about the the business that football is but it's a multi-billion dollar business and so they're yeah. not just going to let it float away um so they're coming well, back and they're getting started uh here soon on a real like serious note what you were just talking about i mean even within the SEC, so Georgia is a, is a different case. Florida is a different case. I think Alabama probably too. There's probably I think there's about twenty schools that have a actually profitable athletic department, and Georgia in particular has a mass amount of reserves, which Greg McGarity has gotten so much crap about because you know he's just like stockpiling money basically. But in a situation like this, it's like stuff like that planning for the future can actually save a an athletic association from being like literally dismantled <laughs> so i looking around even the sec where you're like man these are all huge colleges they'll be fine even if football doesn't happen it's like that's not necessarily true you know a lot of these programs still i mean they would have to get rid of certain things i mean don't get me wrong football would be the last of them but they would have to get rid, especially because of Title IX. They would have to get rid of several male sports 
before they got rid of female sports and stuff stuff like that. And before you know it, you know you've only got half of what you used to be able to offer. So it's a pretty interesting situation. And like you said, there's no way we're not going to have football. I think even if even if this is crazy, but say they didn't have a regular college football season, the SEC. I'd be willing to bet. Obviously, I think they would play regardless, but I think they would have their not just have an SEC champion. I think we would have our own SEC playoff. Can you imagine that? Like, what would just you like do? Like an SEC tournament. Yeah. Like, what would you football. do? Would you do eight eight teams, or would you like the top eight teams play? That'd be awesome. I don't even know what I don't even know what you'd do. But it would, you, it would it would basically be the national champion anyway. A 50-50 yeah. shot that would be the national champion yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no in a regular in a regular season. But think about it. Like if you only play, what is it? Uh, seven, uh, seven, no six, six SEC games during the year. Is that right? No, it's more than that. It's like nine. nine. I can't remember. I don't know. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So because you play two in the opposite pay. opposite yeah, division. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, man, I'm I'm all over the place today. Uh, but yeah, so you you've got nine of those. Basically, you would just cut out all the cupcakes, and then that, you just play straight SEC schedule, jump straight into the SEC playoff. And I mean, hell, that'd be a, that'd be great. <laughs> Don't tempt me with a good time. Right? <laughs> just, let's just do that anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm all about it. I mean, and there's there's really no telling what's going to happen. Um, but in terms of like from a from a healthcare standpoint uh this is a this is a voluntary deal of these kids coming back mm-hmm. but no parent in their right mind like or it would be ridiculous for a parent not to send their kid back up there because they're going to be in the safest like there will be no there will be no coronavirus on the campus around these players kirby will he will make sure of that. <laughs> There's going to be more sanitation. He will sanitation. personally kill all the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> he will punch every coronavirus in the face. Uh, but he, but no, they're going to do the, the way they're going to keep the facilities clean and just keep everything, um, keep everything and do everything the right way because they're not going to risk it. Because mm-hmm. if you get one case, that changes everything. Yep. And uh, so they're going to. There, there is no telling what kind of education these kids are about to get. In, in hygiene and, and like keeping themselves uh, protected and, and stuff like that, which is great, and, and I think it, it'll be great for these kids. So it's going to be interesting to see how they um, how they kind of how they move forward with that and, yeah. and making sure that because everybody's obviously going to get tested before they come in and um, make sure they don't have it and, uh, and and go from there. So it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah, and it's a uh, I mean like what you're talking about. I mean it's going to be a hyper controlled environment and not only not only with the facilities, not only with the groups that they're working out with and, and all that, but, I mean, they're going to be staying in controlled dorms. They're not going to be going out and stuff. I mean, it's going to be a situation to where these kids are going to get really in condition really fast, and they're going to play a hell of a lot of Madden. I mean, that's what's going to happen. They're just going to be playing video games at night or Call of Duty, whatever. Uh, and uh, it's just, I, I agree. I think that, you know, it's going to be – it is voluntary, like you said, uh, but I don't think, you know, like we talked about last night, these kids, every single one of them is going to be here as soon as they can. So Yeah, and uh, if they don't, they'll get they'll get uh, excommunicated uh, from the from the team. So uh, that, that you, I don't think we'll have to fear that yeah. happening. Well, you uh, know, they can't do uh, – they can't do actual, like, practices, practices quite yet. So June is going to be – all conditioning essentially, and that's going to suck. I, well, I don't know if you've been it. outside because it's hot. Yeah, it's almost uh, 100 degrees up here at this point. I'm sure it's probably 100 degrees in Valdosta. Um, it's warm. Yeah, it is real warm. But um, but any, either way, needless to say, great that we're getting to see these guys come uh, head back to campus, and, and we'll obviously want them to stay safe. But excited that we're starting to see some movement in that direction to getting yeah. back to some type of new normal, but, uh, yeah. but it's, it's, it's exciting. So, well, I think a lot of it's still kind of up in the air. It's a very fluid situation. And, um, they're talking about after the conditioning period in June and, uh, like middle of July, starting a potentially a six week summer camp 
to kind of make up for the lack of spring camp and and to give teams a little bit more time to get acclimated and everything like that, uh, you know, to the offense and to the climate and to, you know, exercising on a daily basis, such like that. But we talked about it last night. I think a lot of these kids have been doing a good job. I mean, you're going to know real quick how many of them are going to show up and, and, and be out of shape. And then the guys, the guys like Nolan Smith's, and the uh, Jamari Sawyers and guys like that, you're going to know real quick, those guys have been working their tail off uh, during the uh, offseason. So I'm excited to see you know what, what that's going to look like, but also just super hopeful that we're going to be right on time to start and have, have fans in the stadium, hopefully, uh, it come uh, Virginia game. Lord willing. Yeah. Lord willing. So we're going we're gonna to see how that happens because right now, I mean, the we, we've got a new – we've got a whole – new offense to install uh we've 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 got a lot to do we got a lot we got a whole new offense to install and no matter no matter how many quarterbacks we have in the stable we got a new quarterback starting <laughs> in the in uh in a couple of months and so um either way you shake it these guys the staff has their work cut out for unfortunately we have just and Possibly the best defense in the country uh, out the gate, just from a pure just from a pure talent perspective. But offense is going to have to do something new to to um, make something happen. So it's important that those guys get some time together. And obviously, they've been communicating. There, I mean, yeah. there's no way they haven't been. And uh, mm-hmm. whatever rule they have to break, they're 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 talking and 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 making it happen. So um, hopefully, uh, and that kind of leads us into our the, the big topic of the day. Um, we have a, what I was not expecting, uh, but JT Daniels, uh, sophomore quarterback out of, uh, USC, and that's the, the Southern Cal, the, the real USC, um, is, uh, is now a dog, has, has transferred, uh, to, to us. So now we have a, a, a few transfer quarterbacks. Um, in it's the way of the roster. future. I guess that's how you <laughs> I well, I don't know if it's how you win national championships, but it's how you win uh well, Joe Burrow did it, but uh it's also how you win Heisman's too. So I mean it's just a proven proven situation there. <laughs> We're just hopping on the uh hopping on the bandwagon here. So what what are your initial thoughts here? What what is when you when you saw this news come through, what were you thinking? So I I had actually I don't want to say I had actually like followed him real closely, but I mean, I followed recruiting and he was in that same class with Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, but he was the third quarterback, but he was also still a top five player in the country. So, um, you know, I kept some tabs on him, you know, kind of watched some USC games from time to time. I mean, you know me, I'll watch a Thursday night game start to finish, you know, kind of thing. You know, that's, I watch, I want to watch as much college football as I can, even if it's West Coast. And, you know, when it gets to those 10 o'clock games, well, you might as well just crack open a beer and just see how it goes, you know? I am up. <laughs> hey, yeah, USC versus Oregon or something like that. Hell yeah, I'll do that. Uh, so, anyway, JT Daniels, I mean, I've, I've watched him play a little bit. I've watched a little bit more of his highlights yesterday. Um, I like I like his moxie. I like that he's a he's kind of a gunslinger is the best way to describe him, uh, which is interesting because because of that, He's a playmaker, but he's also a risk taker. And there's, you know, the best quarterbacks in the world are able to kind of harness that and keep that playmaking ability and then also kind of minimize their risk. At the same time, uh, right now, you know, it kind of remains to be seen how much he's actually minimized that risk. He, he, he threw for, he started, I don't know if he started every game his freshman year, but he started a good amount of them. Um, but he threw for 15 touchdowns and 11 interceptions which is very similar to how his predecessor at USC, Sam Darnold, actually played. You know, he was kind of a risk taker. He's gunslinger, throwing the ball down the field, you know, but at the same time he's going to cause, you know, turnovers in that situation. Um, I'm excited about him. I think he's – I don't think Jamie Newman's going to lose. I think Jamie Newman's going to be the guy this year, bottom line. But it also – we're not really sure what the eligibility is going to be for JT – you know, if he's going to be immediately eligible, some people are claiming that he could use this coronavirus situation as his leverage. Um, and I don't know if he's hired, you know, what kind of attorney he's hired or whatever to try to get immediate eligibility, or if he's even worried about that. Maybe he's just going to get here, learn, you know, for a year and then try to be the guy next year. I don't know. But that's kind of, you know, bottom line is I think we're trying to, Jamie Newman's going to be the guy. 
we're setting it up to where JT Daniels can be the guy next year potentially, or Brock Vandergriff, who supposedly him and his his father are not worried about the situation at all. They have not wavered, and uh, you know Brock Vandergriff has every opportunity to beat him out. So you know, it's just it's a good problem to have as long as you know people just aren't <laughs> these kids aren't super sensitive about it. I mean, that's the bottom line. I mean, they got to be open to competition. Well, and I guess to give some background too, uh, he did. Uh, JT Daniels did tear, tear his ACL early last year, mm. and so and didn't give that preface. So he he pretty much lost a job um, to the new kid uh, on the block, very similar to a, a from Eason kind of situation. Yeah. Um. And and so obviously JT being in the the Eason spot, and so he's he's kind of left that kind of writings on the wall, not going to get that spot back. Um, so wants to go try yeah. it somewhere else. And, uh, and the kid, obviously, the kid that beat him out, I mean, he, yes, he got hurt and he, he could, he had no opportunity to come back last year. He got hurt the first game of the season. Um, and he, there was no way you can, you know, you can't recover from an ACL and be coming back for, you know, at least, at least not towards the end of the year. Maybe, maybe the bowl game potentially, but nobody's going to really do that. Nobody's going to take that chance. But Slovis, was the guy that replaced him, and Slovis is a really good player. So, I don't, I don't blame him. Like he, he just, like you said, he saw the writing on the wall. He wanted to have a better opportunity. So either way, and and, and I, I kind of agree with you too in terms of the stable of quarterbacks that we have. I don't know if I've ever said that before, uh, because you've looked down the line. We've got Jamie Newman, J.T. Daniels, uh, Carson Beck. We'll have. I mean, we don't have Vandegrift yet, but. Vandergriff will be so you don't we don't count him, but then you've got Carson Beck uh, and Dewan Mathis or the other the other two guys and then the mailman. Oh yeah, <laughs> we got Stetson too. I can't uh, I keep forgetting. Don't forget um, about the mailman. Do you remember whenever? So, what game was it? Was it the uh, SEC championship? There was one game where Jake Fromm like went down and. It, I mean, this is in the high. I feel like this was in the height of everybody being like, "From sucks" and all this stuff. But he went down, and then everybody was like, "Oh my god, the only guy we have behind him is Stetson Bennett." And then he went in for a play, and everybody's like, "We we are screwed." Uh, but then From went back in there. But I just do you was that the SEC championship? Do you remember that? I can't remember. I remember the I remember that feeling, but I can't remember if that was if that was the game, but. Um, it was kind of, to... in my opinion, it was, it was kind of one of those situations where everybody was just like biting their tongue because they were like, "I've been bad mouthing this guy, but damn it, he's the only guy we have." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, we I think it definitely was because I definitely I, I feel like I remember him going down, but yeah, that just I'm feeling real confident that Stetson's probably not going to see the field this year <laughs> if we're going to look at how many quarterbacks we actually have, but. It is a great problem. Uh, you have to think that at least a couple of the – I mean, one or two of these guys are going to transfer uh, within a couple of years. I mean, there's no way they don't. Um, so you kind of have to just be ready for that. But anyway, I, I feel good about Newman this season, and we'll have backups. We'll have some quality backups that will be able to play. So uh, if, if for some – heaven forbid Newman gets hurt, but uh, – Newman's got the most experience. Newman was one of the best deep ball throwers in the country last year, statistically. Uh, super hyped about uh, about him coming into play. He's a guy that, at least with the whole situation, gives you a little bit of confidence that he's got the, the wherewithal to make something happen. Mm-hmm. Um, having a guy like Pickens, having that target, uh, somebody that he can go to. We've got some new guys that are coming in. Um, He'll be able to get the ball to him. I mean, the guy can. I mean, if, if anything, just just send Pickens out there and fifty-fifty yeah. ball, and yeah. we got it. We got a shot, man. Um, and, and so that to me, I, I feel like that that's an upgrade from where we were. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's exciting. You know, I as far as Newman goes, I can't remember the last time we had a guy like Stafford was big. Uh, but Newman Newman's just a different animal. I mean, the guy's just he's much bigger, he's more athletic than a lot of guys. He's just I mean, he played at a lower program is the only only hesitation I have on him 
played at Wake Forest, you know, played against inferior ACC uh, uh, competition. But the guy, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Like the guy's got extreme talent. He's got extreme. He's got a, an, I would say, pretty much an elite arm in this situation, at least in college football right now. So I'm excited. I, there's no way. I just don't think. I mean, this is going to be his year. And it's not like you know Jamie Newman's got one more year, so the JT Daniels situation is not going to affect him. Really, I I see this playing out pretty perfectly. JT Daniels is going to be able to even uh, excuse me. Actually, after next year, he could go he could go pro if he wanted to, because he's he's been you know three years or whatever. So I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to see. Um, just no number one thing is to to make sure you don't piss off Dog Nation. Or our large contingent of Dog Nation is don't lose Vandegrift. Just don't yeah. do that. No, absolutely not. We 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 ain't gonna have that. No, we ain't gonna have that. But needless to say, it was a a, a big change of events, but a, a good an exciting exciting news break during all this. So excited to have Mr. Daniels with us. Yeah, uh, welcome, welcome to Dog Nation, sir. Can't hurt, uh, man. I can't. I honestly was very surprised whenever I saw that. So. Yeah, apparently he was he was looking at Tennessee pretty hard, and uh, and so we. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Kirby just went ahead and made sure that didn't happen. Um, it's like, uh, hey, don't be an idiot, come here. And so, uh, so super pumped about that. Well, they but, just had that kid from uh, Marietta go up there, who's you know, was a highly ranked quarterback, but man, Tennessee is just, you know, they had. Let's just talk for a second. Let's just—I just want to make a point. They had like seven commits in like two weeks earlier this spring, and you know they're—they—I swear it's like Pruitt was trying to just get some attention on Tennessee's program because these these guys—I mean—they freaked out about every single one of them, and some of them were from the state of Georgia, but these guys weren't—I mean, ex- with the exception of maybe two of them—weren't very highly touted recruits and all the stuff. I mean, a bunch of three-star guys and they're just like Tennessee's the program now everybody's going there it's like well we'll see how that goes you know come uh you know November this year so I'm not scared about Tennessee I'm really not brick brick by brick baby brick by brick uh chance I guess uh there's not a whole lot left to discuss obviously we'll see I mean we'll we'll probably try to do something uh here in the next month or so once we have an idea what these practices are looking like and uh once we hear i mean if we start to hear and so if, i don't know if they are going to be able to do any kind of walkthroughs or anything like that but if we start to hear and you know how freakishly athletic darnell washington is we'll let you know we'll let you know um on a somewhat somber note um we also had uh pat die he passed away he's the legendary auburn coach but he was also a georgia bulldog all-american uh back in like the 50s i think uh for University of Georgia, it's like you said last night. He's our, he's the Auburn's Auburn's Vince Dooley, you know, for us. He was a Georgia Bulldog, and then he coached at Auburn, vice versa for Vince Dooley. Uh, so anyway, uh, just prayers for his family. You know, he was he was a uh, really good coach, and obviously he he, I, we don't we're not positive whether or not he passed away from coronavirus, but he was in he was hospitalized uh, from uh, coronavirus. So. Anyway, prayers for his family. I didn't know if you had any any thoughts on on that or not. No, just a just a tough time. I mean, he's a he's a he's a legend, especially in the SEC, and mm-hmm. it's just one, it's just one of those things everybody kind of feels. Uh, you, you feel for that. You obviously he was he was up up there in age, but um, just a just a guy that helped uh, push the SEC forward. And obviously, we're we're all kind. Of, I mean, he's literally the the uh, the the I guess not really the mirror image of uh of Vince Dooley but Dooley played at Auburn and then mm-hmm. became our coach and then for Auburn Pat played it uh played for us and then was was their coach their guy <laughs> yeah. their legend I mean like yeah. Vince yeah. Dooley's legend Pat Dye's a legend I mean it's Pat Dye field I mean both of them literally have the stadium fields named after them <laughs> so uh you know Jordan Hare Stadium Pat Dye Field uh Sanford Stadium Vince Dooley Field or Dooley Field uh, so yeah they're uh and he's also has the infamous uh Pat Dye's cabin which is where a lot of the recruiting for Auburn there's a lot of stories I don't know if you've heard about it but he owns a 
probably a thousand plus, maybe two thousand acre farm over in Alabama, outside of Auburn, and uh, there's a that's where a lot of the recruits. It's like the last recruiting win weekend for Auburn. That's where they go. They take them out to Pat Dye's cabin. Well, that's not weird. And well. <laughs> It's definitely a little weird. It's a little sketchy. There's always been a lot of, uh, and this is not official record by any means, but there's always been a lot of uh, hoopla about there being uh, sacks of cash that are taken along on that trip. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so it's just uh, it's unfortunate situation, but uh, you know he is an Auburn legend, but he's also a dog, so we had to mention it. So felt like felt a little obligated there. Uh, anything else, man, that you can think of as we? We wrap up, man. Um, let's just one keep praying for our country, and two, uh, let's just keep hoping and, and praying that uh, we're able to have something something this fall that we can you know grasp onto and enjoy and and, and, and bring joy out of because I mean this country needs something to be excited about and uh, so anyway that's uh, that's kind of my th- closing thoughts there. Football gets me excited. I want football. so that would that would unify. Talk about something that would unify a country. Yeah, football, no doubt. I mean, just football. sports in general. I mean, give right. me. Yeah. I watch baseball for God's sakes right now for four <laughs> hours. I mean, I'll do it. <laughs> don't like I said. Don't tempt me. <laughs> I'll do it. I mean, I love the Braves and all, but watching a four-hour baseball game, I'm just like I am gonna claw my eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> except for except for the playoffs. But anyway, that's a, a time. I mean, a story for another time. But uh, yeah, I. Uh, yeah, man, we need it. We need something. But uh, anyway, go dogs. Dogs on top. Ooh.